It's time to play like a jet with your host, Scott Mason. Play like a jet. What does that mean? Makai Becton, ladies and gentlemen, human beings that large should not run as fast as Makai Becton did. And if you like people just abusing other humans, the Makai Becton tape is for you. Denzel Mims with another monster score of 70 yards. Quick pass to Crowder trying to get him out of the space. Slopes a tackle, and there he goes. Crowder, it's a foot race, and Crowder is in there. A 69-yard touchdown. Donald escapes, trying to buy himself some time. Fires, end zone, it's caught. Incredible play by Donald. He'll hit immediately when he got the handoff. And it's the Q-inator. Oh my gosh. Listen, thank you. From the TOJ Digital Studio, this is Play Like a Jet. My name is Scott Mason. You can follow me on Twitter at PlayLikeAJet1. And it's bye week, which means it's time for a half-season film review with the man who does the film over Blewett's Blitz for JetsXFactor.com, Mr. Joe Blewett. Joe, what's going on, buddy? Uh, as you know, <clears throat> it's the bye week, so it was a good week. No Jets football on Sunday. Uh, sometimes it gets a little bit depressing to watch you know, other competitive football. Um, but for me personally, it was a really good week just in terms of catching up on some film. I think I put up like 80-ish type plays on my Twitter of, uh, you know, film I was backed up on. So, um, that was fun. So I'm, I'm all caught up, uh, no stress. And, uh, let's, let's roll through these next seven weeks and, uh, see if the Jets, uh, now with that number one pick, number two pick and see if the hell's going to happen in free agency in the offseason. The eternal question for the Jets the last decade. What will they do in the offseason? But for now, let's take a look at the guys that are here. We'll go unit by unit, and you can talk about what you've seen so far this season. We'll start at quarterback. It's been mostly Sam Darnold, but a couple of games of Joe Flacco as well. What have you seen from both of those guys? Uh, yeah, we know what's, what's been Darnold's case this year. Uh, he has disappointed. Um, I think he has definitely regressed from his second year. Um, and, you know, his first year as well, uh, gun shy. There's been, you know, plenty of times I'll come on here, whether it be, you know, him reading leverage um, and him looking in the right spot and not throwing the ball. Uh, the Denver game, you know, the dig route over the middle where Cager was wide open. Uh, he was clearly looking at Cager. It was his only read on that side of the field. He was staring right at it and getting from the ball, got him hurt. Uh, missing, you know, missing uh, Barrios in the, you know, on the check down in the Colts game. Um, missing Crowder deep down the field in the in the Bills game as well, uh, and instead he took, I think he took a sack or no that was the Colts yeah the Colts game he took a sack instead of throwing the ball deep down the field um, to to Barrios. There's been a lot of bad um, in terms of his footwork. Um, he used to make nine out of ten throws with that bad footwork at USC and early in his Jets career. Uh, now it seems like he's missing you know four out of ten of those balls with the bad footwork. Um, not reading things pre-snap to post-snap, um, the, the gun-shyness that, that he never had before. Uh, the thing that made him so exciting, you know, coming out and, you know, early in his career was, you know, the, the fact that he would throw, you know, risky balls, but, you know, they were, they were calculated risk. And, and he's starting to throw uh, balls this year that are not calculated and, you know, are just stupid interceptions. He can't read coverages. Uh, he has a really big problem with smash concepts and reading guys drifting underneath and, uh, you know, as cloud corners. Um, there is a litany of problems that I have put up and I have talked about um, on the show, but it's, it's, it's evident that he has regressed regardless of the weapons that he has. And, yes, there's times where, you know, the offensive line doesn't necessarily protect well, even though it's been a lot better this year. Or, yes, there is times where, you know, receivers aren't getting open, and that's just all accounted for. I'm not, I'm not a stat humper. Um, so I look at that stuff and I evaluate that. And there's time where guys aren't open where he's taking sacks or forcing balls where he should throw the ball out of bounds. So um, there have been guys open that he's just not seeing. Um, he has definitely regressed, which is a, you know, obviously an issue um, and why a lot of fans want warrants. Um, and I'm not a guy who thinks Sam Darnold is, is unsalvageable, but I just think, you know, hitching your wagon to him instead of taking a quarterback prospect and warrants who, is the high, most highly touted guy um, since Andrew Luck, or even a Justin Fields, who recently has riven up, uh, risen up the the boards and is the like surefire number two guy. Everybody's saying that you know in any other class or many other class he would have been number one. So to skip on one of those guys to go to year four with Donald and have to decide soon on that fifth year contract, 
um, is super risky, especially when you look at quarterbacks who do win on their second contract. It's only usually the elite guys, um, the Ben Roethlisberger, the Aaron Rodgers, the Drew Brees, the, the Tom Brady's of the world. So you would have to bank on Sam Darnold being, you know, a top 10 guy to win with that contract. Very much. I'm not ready to say that, you know, even if he bounces back to Tannehill, like, would you really want, and, and you know, if you had to choose one or the other, would you really want Tannehill over Trevor Lawrence or Justin Fields? I think Tannehill's overrated by people, to be completely honest. I, I think his his uh, offensive side to him, you know, um, through the offensive quarter, it's a lot of simple stuff that he's doing. And obviously, in the, you know, in the playoff games, he threw the ball like like 10 times, and it was all behind Derrick Henry. And recently, they their offense has looked not as good. So, um, you know, but that's, that's, that's a whole different, you know, thing. Uh, when, when Flacco was playing, he's been okay. Uh, the first game he played against the – was it the – I forget what the first game was. Is it the Dolphins or – I forget which one the first one was, but the first game he played was okay. Second game, I believe, was actually against the Dolphins. That's when he struggled. Uh, then, obviously, last game against the Patriots was the best quarterback game uh, by a Jets, you know, quarterback the, the entire year. Uh, threw some dimes, obviously, the one to, you know, the one to Crowder. Uh, had a couple touchdown passes to Perryman, was hitting guys in their open, hit Mims over the middle a couple times. Um, he missed the ball or two, like we discussed on last week's podcast. You know, he's go back and listen to that. But um, he's been a he's been a decent backup. That's that's what he was brought here to do, and that's that's what he's been. So he's been fine. But the big disappointment is obviously with Donald and uh, the litany of problems that I've gone through. And again, it's not just one play; it's not just two plays. Um, I have a bad Donald thread in every single game. I have Donald segments, and and there are you know fifty plus bad plays easily. There's there's I would I would say at least every game. Um, there's eight to ten, and that's on a you know a normal week. Uh, the games against the Colts, the games against the Broncos were dreadfully bad, in my opinion, with some of the things he was missing. So uh, I'm really obviously disappointed in Donald. I was a guy when he was coming out, we were on his podcast, and I was saying I think he could be a top five, a top ten guy. Um, and obviously he's not that. And a big part of that, I believe, is the coaching and the talent around him in his first couple of years, and it ruined him a little bit. That's that's inevitable, but. We're not arguing, you know, how we got here with Donald. We're arguing what he is now, and what he is now is is, is a bottom, you know, five to ten quarterback uh, very easily. So um, could he bounce back? You know, maybe. But again, I'm not hitching my wagon to. There's no way. Joe, speaking of talent around Sam Darnold, let's talk about the wide receivers and tight ends. Brashad Perriman is somebody that a lot of people have been disappointed in, but I think he's been pretty good for the most part when he's been healthy. He's been a solid deep threat, not as good as Robbie Anderson, but still for the price, nowhere near as disappointing as I think a lot of people have made him out to be. Jamison Crowder has been really, really good, but missed a couple of games with injury. I've liked what I've seen out of Denzel Mims so far since he's come back. Braxton Berrios has shown himself to maybe be a fifth or sixth wide receiver, he might stick for the long haul as a decent roster piece, nothing more than that, but still a steady punt returner too. And as far as tight end, you want to talk about disappointments. Both of those guys are disappointments when we talk about Ryan Griffin and Christopher Herndon. A lot of people made assumptions about Herndon that he was going to be a top 10 tight end. Hasn't been anywhere close to that. Hasn't been able to catch him when he has caught the ball. He's put it on the ground. Ryan Griffin's done basically nothing. And Trevon Wesco, who was drafted in the fourth round to be a blocking tight end, did next to nothing before getting put on IR. So the tight end group, extremely disappointing. The wide receiver group has been pretty solid individually they haven't had a chance to play together much but when each one has been on the field healthy I think they've produced at a pretty solid level even if they haven't been great yeah there's a lot to cover there um obviously Perryman when he's healthy I I think he's solid um to be honest and again it's kind of like people blaming Darnold you know, for not having these receivers, you can also look at receivers who don't necessarily have the best quarterbacks, and you can look at why their stats are, are hurting. You know, the, the, the prime example of this, and I'm not comparing, you know, I'm not saying Douglas this bad. Uh, maybe he is, but whenever we talk about Allen Robinson, everybody says Allen Robinson, but he's playing with Trubisky. He's playing with, um, you know, obviously with Foles, so his numbers are going to hurt a little bit. And Perryman, the same thing. Like, look, the first week, I, I forget exactly what the stats were the first week, but something like four catches for 40 yards, whatever it was, it was something right around that. And Darnold missed him on an over route that could have easily been a 30 to 40 yard game or game. So everybody was saying, Oh, bad, you know, bad game. Didn't do anything. 40 yards. What is that? You know, all this crap. Oh, he's the number one, but it's such a simplistic thing where you're looking at one play, making a difference where if Darnold hits him on that play, 
Now people are looking at, you know, again, I'm not exactly sure what the stats were, but now you're looking at five catches for 80 yards, and people are probably like, oh, okay, yeah, pretty pretty solid game because you know how people think. And they're going to go, 80 times 16, oh, my God, that's 1,200 yards. That's good. But 40 times 16, that's not a good season. Like, that's how sim- like simplistic people really are, which is frustrating to see, honestly. Um, you know, just they, it, everything's about stats, and I get stats to a certain extent, but uh, that first game, he wasn't bad. Like, he missed on a play that could have been a huge ga- uh, gain. When he is in the game, I think he has been getting open and been, being missed. The, the game, you know, just this last week, which is obviously um, a little bit of an outlier, but he could have easily had four touchdowns. Uh, the one he dropped because he was trying to see where he was um, relative to the back, the back of the end zone. Another one uh, was a pass interference, and it was because Joe Flacco threw the ball inside and short instead of leading him, you know, outside and, and vertically. So that could have been a four-touchdown game from him, or even, you know, just based on himself, it could have been a, at least a three-touchdown game because Flacco missed the one throw. So he is a solid receiver. I'm not saying he's, he's Allen Robinson, but if you have him in your starting lineup every week, um, he, he could be a solid number two. It, 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 the problem with him is health. So is he going to be healthy? And that's obviously a massive question. But when he's on the field, I like Perry more than other people do. I really do. Um, obviously Crowder has been one of the best slot receivers in the NFL. He's a top 10 slot receiver, in my opinion, a uh, really good route runner, um, really shifty, knows how to get open in zones, um, catches the ball for the most part when it's, when it's thrown to him. So we don't really have to speak a ton on him, but he, he's solid. And I think he's going to be here, uh, next year. I believe it's what, like right around 11, $12 million. I think you want the, the new young quarterback, most likely to have a guy like Crowder who's reliable over the middle. Uh, Mims, listen, like, I just put up his film today, um, at least the time I'm re- recording this, and he has been really impressive. Like, I know it's only 120 yards or whatever over three games, but um, watching him run his routes and, again, how he gets out of his routes is not the, the best technique. Um, the physicality he has, the, the way he's already tracking the ball and making catches, the body control, um, you know, it, it's all really impressive. And, again, I don't want to hype up, up this kid too much, but – when he was coming out, I compared him to A.J. Green. Um, when I did the show with Marcus Coleman breaking down his film, he agreed. He, he thought A.J. Green. He saw a guy who he thought could be a top-10 receiver. Uh, I just did a show with Marcus Coleman the other day, and he was looking at some of the film, and he, he doubled down. He's like, he looks like a young Julio. And that's high praise. Now, do I think he's going to be Julio? Do I, if I had a bet on it? No. You, you know, take the field, obviously. But for a former NFL defensive back who literally is a professional football player, to see Mims and say that, um, you can't really be much more excited than that, especially obviously when it, it's kind of doubling down on what I've been saying of him. And, I, you know, I see him in that way too. Maybe not – you know, I thought A.J. Green's a little bit better of a comparison. I don't think he's as much of a freak as um, a, a Julio Jones, but we're both seeing the same thing with him. And I, you know, I don't get where the narrative is coming from. Oh, he could be a solid number two. No, listen, if Mims hits his ceiling, he is a top-tier number one. Like that's what he has the ability to be because of his frame – because of the physicality, because of his just natural ability to get out of breaks. Again, if he starts to hone in on his technique, uh, it's going to be really, really exciting. Um, a few times he got open in the in a Patriots game where he wasn't hit because Sumadoa couldn't block. Um, he also got wide. There's two plays I put up on that, of that game. I don't think we discussed it last time. Perryman stutter and go for a touchdown. Mims was also wide open on a dig route or, or open on a dig route. Uh, did a really good job getting out of his break, holding his line, leaning into his guy before his break. And then there's another play deep on the left sideline where he, he beats his guy. I forget. I, I think he uh, – I forget if it was like a stutter release or he walked up, walked it up on him. You know, some of the releases I talk about on my show, I forget what the release was, but he burned his guy uh, easily by two yards vertically. And if you hit him, it was either going to be a 40 to 50-yard gain or it was going to be a touchdown. So, like, he's getting open and he's not even being targeted at times. So, um, I am ecstatic with his first couple of games. He had he had the, the, a bad player, too, versus the Bills where um, – there was one instance where he's, he's breaking over the middle. I wanted to see him, you know, air quotes, cut his route flat because he, you know, if you if you cut your route too vertical as a guy on trail, he's able to get back into the route. Where if you if you cut it more flat, he's going to be, you know, on your basically on your ass. And he's not going to be able to undercut the route. So I wanted to see him fix up that. And then also with the Donald play where he should have hit him uh, really early to the route in the flat would have been a touchdown, a walking in touchdown. Um, Donald doesn't see him. Obviously rolls out to the right. Still is late to throw the ball. Uh, throws it to Mims and Mims doesn't attack the ball and, and it gets swatted out. But other than that, in his first game, yeah, he had a couple, he had a bad player too. Um, or not even a bad play, plays he could have cleaned up. Um, but overall, through three games, I'm super, super excited, especially considering what his offseason was and the lack of it because of his injury. 
Um, he's had no time to develop. And for him to be what he is already, uh, I, I'm, I'm smiling. I'm, I'm, I'm happy with Mims. I'm, I'm really, really excited to see what he develops into. Um, the rest of the guys are a bunch of Jags. To be completely honest, like the Vincent Smith, Jeff Smith, like let's be honest, if we weren't Jets fans, we wouldn't know who these guys are. And will they be on the team next year? It depends on if they get better guys. The only guy who I think, you know, of those lower tier guys who could be something, maybe a cager when he gets healthy, you know, in terms of the red zone weapon. Um, and, and Barrios is a guy who I think could be a fifth, sixth string wide receiver. Do I think he should be a starter in the game? No, but, um, you know, obviously he's had the instances of him dropping the ball. He dropped the ball versus the Bills, I believe it was, or Donald's rolling out to the left, and he, and he, and he dropped it along the sideline. Uh, the, I believe it was a Colts game. Um, or maybe it wasn't a Colts game. It might have been later in the season. But uh, Darnold or Flacco, I think it's actually Flacco, uh, was in some trouble, rolled out to the right, and he throws it into Barrios in the end zone, and, and he lets it go through his arms and, and drops the ball. Um, we're actually going to hit his arms because he didn't track it well. So Barrios has some drop issues. But in terms of like a fifth, sixth string guy who's a shifty route runner, um, can, uh, can provide some you know, punt return duty, uh, detail, whatever. He's decent at that. Uh, and it, it, another positive of him is when his quarterbacks are in trouble, he does do a really good job of adjusting his routes to get open. So I do like that aspect of him. So I think Barrios has earned himself a, you know, a spot on the roster next year. But other than that, uh, the, you know, the Smiths and all these other guys, they're, they're drags. So if they're here or not, who cares really to be completely honest, Vince Smith has definitely been a disappointment um, this year. And then moving on to tight ends. Uh, again, I, I said Herndon was overrated his rookie year. I thought it was okay, but people hyping up to be a top 10 tight end after him doing, you know, next to nothing. Like, yeah, he had a, a few nice, uh, you know, route adjustments to Donald, caught a couple balls. The Packers catch the one-handed was, of course, the, the highlight, but it was a lot of simple stuff. Like, I didn't see, I saw him getting open on scramble drills more than actually getting open and running routes and, and getting contested catches and stuff like that versus receivers. He actually did get a couple of nice contested catches, to be fair, but. Uh, there wasn't a lot of route running into it. So it was kind of more of luck, in my opinion, um, and him just being in the right place at the right time. So I'm not saying I expected what he is this season because I was expecting at least a decent tight end, but he's been dreadful. Like you said, he catches the ball, he fumbles it. If, he, and if he's targeted, there's many times where he doesn't even catch the ball. And it's because, again, it's because of basic stuff, um, him not tucking the ball in, in traffic, you know, not tucking the ball tight with one arm. Um, you know, his hand technique being dreadful in terms of catching the ball. We discussed that on a previous show as well. So he's been – a disappointment, okay, as a blocker, Griffin, uh, you know, as soon as they signed that contract, he said, oh, I don't know if I'm ever going to be what I was. <laughs> was concerning, and he hasn't been targeted. He hasn't been in the games. Uh, when he is in the game, he doesn't do much. I, I think with the new coach, maybe he'll be a little bit more productive, to be honest, if, if he is targeted a little bit more. But he's a backup. Um, but, yes, disappointing overall. And then Wesco is a blocker. And, honestly, I, you know, for Wesco, um, as a blocker, you know, as a fullback, H-back, I actually think he's been a pretty positive, uh, a pretty good positive as a as a blocker. Um, he's not going to be much in the receiving game, which is okay. If he's going to be your third string receiver, second string receiver, and come in and block for you, that's fine. So, uh, obviously, the play where he drove both into the ground and, and hurt both, obviously, you don't want to see him hurt people, but he's been, he's been uh, you know, taking guys on with the correct shoulders, um, leading the, the running backs well, setting edges well, or uh, kicking guys out well, I should say, you know, pinning guys. Like, he's been, he's been blocking relatively well, so – West when he's healthy, uh, I am encouraged, you know, with him as a blocker now, is he going to get, you know, these guys going to get 400, 500 yards a year? Uh, no, I don't think so. Um, I think you can hit him on screens, you know, some short checkdowns, things like that. But uh, as a blocker, which was he, he was brought in to do, um, he has been doing that well. So you have to give him, him a thumbs up. But other than that, um, it's been a lot of disappointment, in, in, in my opinion, from the tight end position. But I would say with the receiver position, um, they've been they've been a positive again. Not the best group in the NFL. Not top half. Not even maybe 15th to 20th. But when Perriman's healthy, when Crowder's healthy, when Mims is healthy, um, it's a pretty formidable trio right there. And then again, you have to be pretty encouraged with Barrios. And that's and relative to expectations. Now, for the people who say he can replace Crowder, won't name uh, won't name names. Uh, that's that's silly. He's not Crowder. That's for damn sure. Just because he can run routes in the slot, he's shifty doesn't mean he's Crowder. Um, but as a backup, I'm, I'm happy with Barrios. I, I think he'll be here um, next year. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. 
Got your happy price, price line. This podcast is sponsored by Cloud Optimizer. As a business owner or IT manager, are your cloud investment costs going up and you don't know why? It's time for Cloud Optimizer. As you migrate your business to the cloud, what you're spending and why you're spending it can get a little hazy. But Cloud Optimizer clears up the mystery and puts the cloud to work for you. Cloud Optimizer starts by analyzing usage patterns, right-sizing resources, leveraging discounts you may not be aware of, implementing automation, and much more. And by reducing unnecessary expenses and maximizing performance, Cloud Optimizer guarantees you a savings of five times what you spend for their service. As you utilize cloud-based services more and more, you don't have to lose sight or control of your spend. You can stay agile, streamline your costs, and optimize your performance, plus save significant money with Cloud Optimizer. Make the cloud work for you with Cloud Optimizer. Get a free assessment and find out how much you can save by going to cloudoptimizer.com. Go to cloudoptimizer.com for your free assessment. That's cloudoptimizer.com. Play like a jet. Play like a jet. Lastly on the offense, let's talk a little running back and offensive line. You mentioned how Wesco has done a good job blocking, but I would say overall certainly hasn't lived up to his draft slot. LaMichael Pirine hasn't played as much as Wesco because Wesco was drafted last year, but I haven't loved what I've seen out of him. He's been fine. Blitz pickups have been decent, and he's been okay in the passing game, but just running the ball, he's been very much of a jag, and I don't know that I see anything out of him that would indicate he's going to be anything more than a depth piece going forward. The best running back on this roster has been Frank Gore, who hasn't really been all that good either, but he's been better than Pirine, and we know obviously that Le'Veon Bell is gone. And then with the offensive line, got to be honest, Joe, didn't like the George Fant signing, but he's been a lot better than I expected. A little bit up and down, but the last few weeks he's been much better in pass protection. And Greg Van Roten's another one, didn't like that signing, but the last few weeks he's really seemed to be a lot better in pass protection. The other two on the interior, not so hot this year. Alex Lewis has had a lot of trouble. He's banged up, but that's not an excuse for how poorly he's played. Connor McGovern's been a big letdown so far in year number one. And then, of course, Mackay Becton has been the shining light. The only downside there is he's missed a few games due to injury. But he looks like a guy that could be a real stud going forward. All right, yeah, starting off with the with the running back. Frank Gore's been Frank Gore, like he is, he is what you expected, honestly. Uh, some of these, some of the games, more to start the season than recently. Um, I was a little bit disappointed with his with his vision, um, where you know he might be at that age where he sees a little bit of green grass and just tries to hit it because he needs to get those yards. But um, there are sometimes even when he's trying to cut it, uh, cut the run back or, or bend it back, or um, you know bounce it outside where he just doesn't have the athleticism to do it anymore. You can see that he struggles with that. But overall, he's been. You know, like you said, the best running back. Uh, even when even when Bell was in, Bell was a little bit disappointing. I'm not just saying this because he's gone. I you know I I think I've hopefully earned the, the reputation to be fair, uh, whether it's negatively or positively on a player. But he was pretty disappointing, um, and he hasn't really done much for the Chiefs. Didn't look good against the Jets when he played them. Um, so Gore probably has been the best running back, uh, which Bell has obviously fallen off a lot. Um, but we'll see what he does with, with, with the Chiefs. You know, obviously, he's just, he just got there, so maybe he's learned the playbook and stuff, but I don't think he looked overly um, explosive anymore. Um, but, yeah, Gore's been what he, what he is. The last couple of weeks, he's definitely been a little bit better. And the Jets offensive line, again, watching their goal lanes they opened this year as compared to last year, um, it's night and day. So uh, Gore is hitting some holes that are pretty wide open. It's not like he's making a bunch of guys missing things like that, but – he hits holes when they're there for the most part, puts his head down, doesn't really break a lot of tackles, but he's been okay. Um, and then, like you said, for P. Ryan, I'm going to keep my horn in a little bit, but P. Ryan is a guy who um, I like the pick overall. Like I, I didn't hate it. I, I didn't love it. I, I was okay on it. Um, but overall, so far, I would say he's been disappointing. Um, his, his vision's been lacking for sure. Um, we spoke about it uh, last week where, you know, he's not reading hats properly. Like, he, he sees a little bit of green grass and just goes for it. Um, he's not very – he's not a patient runner, like – um, again, if you're kicking a zone handoff to the left and you're reading the, the defense and every single defender has outside leverage um, on your offensive line and your offensive line are doing a good job, where should you look? Like, look to the backside. And the backside gap was wide open against the Patriots, and he never hit it. And, again, it's not Monday morning quarterbacking. I'm not hitting a freeze frame while he's getting tackled, but the hole is there. I'm talking he should have hit the hole really, really early into the rep. Um, there was a – run earlier in the season where because of big footwork 
or because of bad footwork. Uh, again, when you're when you're approaching the lines like that, like you want to press sometimes, you don't want to press sometimes. Sometimes you want to set guys up, you know, press them inside, get outside, whatever it may be. But when you're reading the holes, you, you undoubtedly want smaller footsteps, you know, because obviously larger larger footsteps leads to less change of direction. You you you're not as laterally um, mobile. And, you know, he ran, he basically missed the backside hole because he was taking too big of steps and then ran right into a linebacker because he couldn't cut back and hit that hole. Um, he tried to cut it upfield, but he didn't necessarily even try to hit that hole because he didn't really see it. But he did try to cut up the field and because of his bad feet, um, he ran right into a linebacker. Uh, he had, you know, some uh, pass protection issues uh, early in the year. They've been a little bit cleaned up, so that's a positive. Um, you know, the Bills game, he had that touchdown run where he, switched, where he uh, followed blocks to the outside on the outside zone, switched his hands, no touchdown. So he's been – he hasn't been dreadful, but I would say overall, based on my expectations, he's been a little bit of a disappointment. Um, could he bounce back? Sure, but I don't think he's going to be a number one type guy. And, again, coming out of Florida, I didn't think he was going to be that. I, I said, like, I, I think that – and it's just because it's a, it's a relatively easy comparison, um, probably a lazy comparison, but – like the Blau Powell role, like the, the master of none but can do everything type guy. Like if he could run up to be that as a fourth-round pick, I think everybody would take a Blau Powell. Um, and like you said, I, th- I think for West, like – so I'll take a hit on P. Ryan again. For Wesco, we, I, you brought up him. What is he, a fourth, fourth-round pick? So I think for a fourth-round pick, being a good block attendant is not the worst thing. It's just not obviously – you know, he's not – I don't know, name a good – fourth uh fourth round tight end so you know it's all based on expectation um and his expectation was to be a number two um has he shown that he can even be that yet i'm not gonna say yes i don't don't think i would be comfortable with him as a number two on a good team yet um so yeah he's been you know a little bit disappointing um now going and then ty johnson's another guy i guess you can throw him in there when he's been in he's looked pretty explosive i want to see him more so uh, thumbs up to him. You know, at least when he is in the game, he does he does get some uh, get some yards and so and show some explosion. Now, offensive line. You know, I I kind of I guess uh, not not killed myself, but I you know I hurt myself with the P Ryan evaluation. But the the Fant one was one I was I was standing alone on that one. I, I, I there's nobody else who was talking about Fant like I was talking about Fant, where I thought Fant could be decent, and he's been decent. So I'm I'm happy with that because I you know I, I trusted what I saw. I didn't just go with the flow of what everyone else is saying. And like you said, up and down. But the last couple of weeks has been, you know, pretty positive. The Chiefs game is really good for him you know, in terms of like film study. Uh, the Chiefs do like to do a lot of cross chops and rips on the edge, and he did a really nice job of, of kind of leaving his hand out there, um, you know, as bait for those guys, and then pull it away and and fire after they chop. So he did a good job with that. Circle punches. He did some other things with his with his, with his hand work that was positive in that game, and and he's been a positive last couple of weeks, not letting up a lot of pressures. You know, did a really good job against the Patriots on the backside with a with a reach block. I was talking about on that P. Ryan run, which allowed him to cut to the backside if he saw it. Uh, did a really, really good job with that. You know, uh, took a bucket step, you know, cut, a, uh, cut across the three-tech space and then got in front of him with his hips. Did a really, really good job. Um, he's had a few really nice plays the last couple of weeks, so he's been a huge positive. Dan Roten is a guy who started off the season pretty poorly, but this is another guy who's kind of like, okay, I think he's even better than Brian Winters. Um, I think he could be a below average guard, but still be better than what we had last year to start the season. That was not the case. Um, but now at this point in the season, he's been, he's been solid the last couple of weeks. Um, he had a really nice pass protection rep against, uh, the chiefs. I, I believe it was where again, he like, he, he, he basically handled the stunt completely by himself, which again, you want two guys to do that. It was between a linebacker. I think it was like a cross log blitz. I forget exactly what it was, but he handled the stunt completely by himself. Uh, this last weekend at the Patriots, um, he completely tossed the guy, which was nice to see. Uh, just trucked him. So he's been, I would say, above average this or about above, above average this these last couple of weeks. Just huge positive. Um, will he be here next year? I'm not sure about that, but um, you could do, you could definitely do worse at right guard. I think he's a starting level right guard now. Is he? You know, a top 15, no. But is he in that, you know, let's I, I think 15 to 20 is even a reach because I think he will, you know, round out a little bit. But if you're getting a guard who's healthy, plays all the snaps, and he's the 22nd best right guard in the league, like that, you could do worse than that for what he was given. So he's been better than expected. Um, now moving over to the center position, um, this is a guy in Conor McGovern who, again, we thought he was going to be in that top, 10 to 15 range. Um, he's been a disappointment. You know, he's been a bottom half, if not bottom 10 center. You know, you know again, you know, it depends on what your ranking is. But let's say he's been, 
the 22nd best center. Like he's, yeah, he's been disappointing. Um, now with that being considered or with that being said, not considered, um, some of that does fall on the guard play around him, especially early in the season where, you know, guys like Van Roten weren't passing off, you know, stunts properly to him. And Lewis being next to him, Lewis has been dreadful this year, so you can kind of put them both together. But, you know, Lewis in terms of, you know, him shooting his hand as he's going backwards, not forceful punches, late hands, not good hand placement, not good footwork, he, uh, passing off stunts, um, awareness. He's been bad all around. And that has hurt McGovern. Now, McGovern has been a disappointment in his own right. But having a guy in Lewis next to you who does not pass off stunts properly definitely hurts the center position because you're kind of the aid to the guards. And if the guards aren't going to help you at all in terms of passing things off, um, it's really going to make you, you know, look bad. And, again, um, there are times where, you know, the picker, the penetrator, whatever you want to call them, um, is, is being passed off, you know, or, or should be passed off to um, – McGovern in a way where Lewis gets contact, you know, gets his right hand on him, um, you know, kind of matches him laterally, and then and then cross shoves him and plays long uh, right into McGovern. McGovern picks him up and passes off the looper to, you know, to Lewis. Like that's how it's supposed to work. Um, but unfortunately, with a guy like Lewis, at times he's not even getting his hand on the penetrator. So the the looper's job is to distract a guy um, in McGovern, which he does. But a good offensive line is going to pass it off again because they're going to get contact on the picker, and then the you know, like I said, the you know McGovern will pick that up. But um, Lewis is even doing that. So when McGovern's getting distracted by that looper, which he has to do because that's his assignment on that on, you know on that given play, so he has to account for him. Um, his eyes do flash inside at the proper time or to his left at the proper time um, to pick up the penetrator. But because again, there's no contact there, uh, he's already running by. Um, you know McGovern's hip, and it's a really hard, you know, spot for him to pick up that that uh, you know, that penetrator. So he's left in a in a definitely a bad spot with Lewis being next to him. And I'm I'm sure that hurts some of his numbers because people aren't necessarily going to understand um, some of those nuances. So they might hit him for a pressure or a sack given up or a hit. So that'll negatively affect his his grade. But again, uh, so that might take him from you know maybe he should be at 18, then he's down to 22 again, like you know based on whatever rankings you're you're subscribing to. So uh, overall disappointment. But again, I wouldn't be too hard on him because of some of the guard play, especially you know early in the season it was really bad, and now it's only the left side of him that's really bad. So once he gets you know better guard play around him, uh, more consistent play around him, I'm sure he will be better. Um, but that's, again, I'm not completely absolving him. So he needs to step up because he will be here next year. So you want to see him improve. Uh, that's why we talked about, obviously, Lewis has been a disappointment. Andrews has been a, even a bigger disappointment. He's an absolute, he's an absolute train wreck when he's in the game. Uh, I am praying, praying, and I don't know like if it's based on practice or if he's not fully healthy and if they had to activate him from the IR to, to get him onto the um, roster or what exactly – you know, it is and why Clark is not playing, but I need to see Clark in the game because Lewis is clearly not the answer. Andrews is absolutely terrible. Um, I know they just picked up the guy from the Vikings, uh, Elfon, I believe it is, number 65. Um, I, you know, he obviously, he obviously is going to have to practice and things like that. I don't know if he's going to be able to start um, or anything like that. He's been a major disappointment for the Vikings being like a, like a third-round pick or whatever it was. So I'm hoping he doesn't take reps away from Clark because I don't think he's the – a long-term left guard starter um so i'm really hoping over these next couple of games you're, you're we're gonna see um a guy in clark because clark's I, I was excited about clark's film again there's been some you know p ryan maybe i was a little bit wrong and that might be a little bit early but i was uh, i've been disappointed in him but like you know fan greg van roden perryman like when he's healthy i, I feel like i've been i've been uh, relatively on the money with them and clark and uh, you know uh becton has exceeded expectations you know mims has been good but uh Davis, you know, again, said he was raw and he showed it. He was raw in the, in the first game against the Chiefs. The Patriots team, he was okay, which well, I'm sure we'll talk about. But, uh, again, I'm, I go in a bunch of different directions. It's kind of just how my mind works. <laughs> I had to cover all my, all my bases. Um, but now with a guy in Clark, like, I'm, I'm really excited to see him because his, his film was, was pretty good, like, especially against Clemson. Like, and a lot of people just talk about Clemson. It's the only thing available on YouTube. But I was able to get my hands on, like, another three or four games. And I was pretty uh, – 
encouraged by those games as well. So I'm really excited to see him uh, start at left guard. And listen, like, yeah, am I going to expect him to be a finished product? Like, like back then we expected, you know, high highs, low lows. We didn't expect him to be as good as he is so quickly. Um, but again, like that, he's the outlier. So if Clark comes in as a, as a, you know, what a fourth round pick and struggles a little bit, but shows signs of being a long-term left guard, like that's what we want. So I want to see him with, with a couple of, um, you know, you know, seven games left, and I want to see see if he could be that guy because then again, next year you're then you're looking at your center, you know, your left guard, your left tackle being set with you probably your right your right uh, tackle being set. And now listen, like Fant's been okay, he's or he's been all right, but if you can get a let's you know let's just say whatever situation they get a penne soul of a stick picker or whatever, then yeah, take him. Like I'm not gonna pass up on an elite prospect for for a guy who's holding the fork who's decent. Um, but you might have four of your starters, you know, set down for next year now. You go into free agency and you and you pour a bunch of money to Joe Tooney, which we really wanted last year. So I remember us, you know, um, really wanting Tooney. So maybe they do that, and then you're now your line is is above average in my opinion. So I'm I'm really excited to see to see uh, to see um, Clark in there. I'm hoping very soon. Uh, Beckton, again, uh, elite start to the season. Um, he is already, in my opinion, a top 15 left tackle in the league, maybe even top 10. Started off the season really, really hot. Unfortunately, the injuries have come. Uh, you hope that's not going to affect him long term. Now, some people said, "Oh, well, you know, the <laughs> again, he's he's so heavy. I'm worried about him with his injuries and and referencing his shoulder injuries. Shoulder injuries that have nothing to do with weight. It's it's your knees, your hips, you know, your ankles, things like that. So at least it hasn't been those injuries. But nonetheless, he has been a little bit injured. So you want to see that improved on again because it is a concern how big he is, but again, it, it's with those, it's, again, knees, knees, hips, ankles, things like that, not, not shoulders, because shoulders aren't, isn't a weight-bearing joint, um, or whatever, I, I guess it's technically a joint, I'm not a freaking doctor, but, <laughs> uh, yeah, so, but, but overall, like, the, the, the highs have been higher than we expected, the lows have been much um, higher than we expected, his lows have been him playing average, which is really, really good, um, now, with that being said, again, I want to see him improve on some technique. There is times where he's relying a little bit too much on his power. And could that be a reason for his injuries? Listen, like, you know, it, it might be with his shoulder, if you think about it. Like, he always tries to launch guys and, and being at a standstill, engaging and throwing guys, like, that's a lot of pressure on your shoulders. So um, I want to see that fixed up for maybe that reason. Maybe that is why his shoulders are being a little bit banged up, you know, now that I think about it. And again, there was, multiple, there was two times in the Patriots game where him trying to rely purely on strength and throwing guys led to led to defenders getting tackles. You know, the the one time against ninety one, uh, doesn't get his fist into the block, doesn't doesn't climb him. Like I said, uh, he's able to shed uh, off that one arm and make a tackle. Again, he's strong, but he's not strong enough to destroy a, a three hundred pound defensive line with one arm. And then again, moving to the second level and on his own block, nothing nothing in front of him. He engages with a with a defensive back. The defensive back engages him. He throws the defensive back back five yards. Great. You know, you move them five yards. But he, again, didn't grip him, didn't, didn't climb that tree, didn't maintain contact. The, the DB is obviously then able to work around him laterally and make a tackle. So he could have drove the DB 10 yards down the field if he maintained contact. But he goes for that, he goes for that uh, highlight play a little bit too much, in my opinion. Um, so it'll look nice on one play that hurt of the next. Um, and again, he's been, he's been, you know, ridiculously good to start a season, but there is some technical work I want to see him uh, do, you know, reaching a little bit for contact, hands a little bit too high. Like there's definitely things there, but overall, again, even if he were uh, to, to not really improve at this point, he, he, he was to just kind of just flatline right now. You're looking at like a top 10 left tackle, top 15 left tackle, which I think we'd all take for the 11th overall pick. But I think with that improved technique, he could be the legit number one, number two best left tackle in the league. Like he has that ability. Um, and to, to be a top guy in the league, like you need to be a freak, like whether whatever the position may be, minus maybe quarterback, like corner to be the top guy, you have to be a freak a little bit in some sense, you know, linebacker, defensive lineman, whatever it is, like the Donalds out there, the, you know, the, the Ramseys, the, the whoever's, like they all have some freaky trait about them. And he has those traits where he can be that. And again, he's already had, he has already had better technique than I originally thought he would. So that's a positive. Um, but again, there are, there are ways to improve. Um, so that's it with the offensive line. I think that's the rounding up the, the offense, Scott. Let's talk a little defense, Joe. And if there was one unit on this team that I would have bet money on being bad this year, 
It's the secondary. It's too bad I couldn't make that bet over at my bookie because I would have won some money. But you can bet on the full slate of games in college and the NFL this weekend. You can bet on MMA. You can bet on boxing. Anything you want, just go to my bookie and use the promo code OVERTIME. When you do, you'll get your first deposit matched halfway all the way up to 1000 bucks. So if you put in 200 bucks, they match you 100 You put in 1000 you get matched 500 That's the max, and you can do it for your first deposit over at my bookie. Bookie. Like I said, wish you could have bet on the cornerbacks being bad because you'd have made some pretty good money, but there's still plenty of opportunities to make cash over at my bookie. Just use the promo code overtime and you'll get your first deposit matched halfway all the way up to a thousand bucks. So like I said, Joe, bad secondary this year and there was no way that you would have expected anything other than that. Really quickly, let's just say that Pierre Desir, who's gone now, was terrible, and he was right in there with Tremaine Johnson in terms of being bad. Haven't seen much from Bless Austin this year. People got their hopes up for him, but he's really been more of a rotation piece. At safety, you've seen Marcus May play better when he's been in his traditional role of free safety. But he's been solid, nothing amazing. Ashton Davis has shown you some flashes the last couple of weeks. But other than that, he was hurt and then struggled a little bit early on. Bradley McDougal, who's out for the year now, was terrible. So he was a complete flop. And then when you look at the front seven, Joe, Bryce Huff looks like he could be a decent rotation piece. Harvey Lange, same thing. But for the most part, the linebacker play has not been great. And then up front. You got to say that that's been the strength of this defense yet again because Quinnen Williams, before he got hurt, was really taking strides and becoming one of the best defensive linemen in the league. John Franklin Myers has been a revelation as a pass rusher on the defensive line, and Foley Fadakasi has turned into one of the best run-stopping defensive linemen in the league too. So pieces to build from there, but mostly on the defensive line. Yeah, um, if you are a better uh, you never want to talk about, but I feel like those odds for the Jets defensive backs would not be very productive. It was like minus 600. <laughs> so it's like, it's like, that's like one of those bets where you, you throw 30 bucks to win 32 or to win $2. <laughs> um, you know, so, you know, yeah, you have to get a lot of money to win money on that one. But, um, <laughs> so, uh, starting with the secondary, uh, yeah, Davis, you know, disappointment or not, whatever, like, like, he, he's raw. I expected him to be raw. Uh, the second game against the Patriots, um, you know, he had some flashes, you know, played all over, you know, linebacker, outside linebacker, you know, and, and it's funny too. Like, I, I think some of those are overrated where people are like, oh my God, he played outside corner. And that's just based on alignment. He's playing a safety role. Like, listen, if he's in man coverage on a tight end, the tight end flexes out, you know, to, to, to outside the numbers. Is he playing a corner role or is he he's playing a traditional safety role? He, he's following a tight end. Like people look at that stuff a little bit too much, but yeah, he he did you know wrote you know, even with me saying that he did play all over the field, which is a positive. He made, he didn't get beat, which is good. Um, so he was he was solid against the Patriots. The Chiefs he definitely struggled. Uh, you know he got he got roasted on the one touchdown, um, which we discussed the Tyreek Hill where he should have trusted the cloud corner to get underneath and, and get depth as he didn't, didn't have a number two threat. Um, but bit too hard on the corner part of it and got beat on the post. Uh, then again, you know, uh, or, or actually earlier in that game, uh, he let um, McCall Harbin just run right by him um, on, a, on a jet sweep where he did a good job getting outside leverage, but he never closed ground, so he didn't look good there. He got he kind of froze. Um, I don't think it was a lack of effort. I think he just froze and didn't really know what to do, um, kind of panicked. So he had bad reps. But he also had a good rep of, of uh, you know, man coverage on – um, Kelsey on third and eleven, which was a positive, um, where he's playing off coverage where they where they air quotes capped him, so they they kind of you know showed man in the slot and then the slot with pool pool blitz and you know Ashley Davis came over the top to to play him. So um, overall, you know I don't think he's been a disappointment. You know the injuries you could say and the lack of play, sure, but uh, again I expected him to be, to be raw, and I, I would say the Patriots team is definitely a step in the right direction. So you know you know a little bit of like a meh, but maybe a little bit of a upper trajectory but again it's been like two games of, of real reps so that, that, that's a lot we need to see a lot more with that um mcdougall that was terrible i thought he'd be a decent safety when he came here and he just didn't look like his head was in the game at all like he he you know when we were all heard about the trade like damn you're going from seattle to the jets like what what must that do to your psyche and uh we saw like he doesn't look like he's in it to be completely honest and and overall like uh, doing the show with you i was kind of confused about how they use him he's not really in the, good in the box he's not really good deep He's, he's good in man coverage, but that's about it. So, 
So um, he has failed. Um, he won't be here next year. Uh, Marcus May, again, you know, with not as bad as Hernan, but another I, another player I think is a little bit overrated by Jets fans, to be completely honest. Um, this game, uh, I believe it was Marcus May, who was playing in cover one and opened up to the – to the right side, I believe it was the right side, or maybe the left side, whatever side it was, he was in cover one, and you need to, you need to scan the entire field. He only scanned one side, and then there was a post behind him or a seam route that he didn't pick up until late, and uh, Cam Newton missed Joe Myers. Yeah, he opened to the right. It, it came from his left side of the offense's right, and he was late to pick it up. Uh, Cam Newton overthrew him, and it could have been a huge touchdown would have, that would have been on May. Uh, again, you know, versus the Bills, uh, Quinn and Williams, you know, the hit in production stats that don't matter type deal, uh, got a pass rush on Josh Allen that did that led to Josh Allen not throwing the post. That was uh, Marcus May's responsibility. Marcus May got roasted because his hips weren't proper. Um, and again, you know, Quinn and Williams forced him into the no throw, but it wasn't a pressure. It wasn't a quarterback hit. It wasn't a sack. It wasn't tackle for loss. It does not matter at all. He just gave the touchdown, but again, it did not matter. Just reiterating. Um, so May. Again, I, I think he's decent, but for the people who think, like, oh, he's one of the top free safeties in the league, uh, no way, in, in my opinion. Again, he's been okay um, at best, in my again, in my opinion. Uh, the other, other than that, from the safeties, there's not really much. Uh, corners, uh, the seer was awful. Um, as bad as Tremaine Johnson, not going to say that. But, yeah, it was frustrating to see him playing 10 yards off on third and five. We've all seen that story for the last five, six years, whatever it has been that Denard Wilson has been here. Again, a guy who's hyped up for no reason, in my opinion. Again, there had to have been one good article about him, and everybody ran with that because people don't – are people really evaluating defensive back tape and their technique? Like, I don't think so. Uh, even even on these guys like alignment and stuff like that, like, it's just off. And, and Marcus has been on the same page as me as that. When I say Marcus, I'm a friend of Marcus Coleman. Again, played in the NFL. Uh, so, this year was terrible when he was here. Uh, obviously, the last straw was him not giving effort on a, a few of those plays against the Patriots. Bless Austin has, uh, again, I always, if, I'm, if I'm getting tagged on Twitter at some random time of the day and it's from you, Scott, I, I know it's usually you, you arguing with somebody and then, and then, you know, me having to come in with, like, film or something like that or look at this film clip and I was like, damn it, when I see Scott Mason tag me on Twitter. <laughs> um, but I, I, I got your back on that one. I tagged the guy, I think, in a, in a, in a bless awesome thread. He's been bad this year. Like, there's, there's no two ways about it. He'll, he'll make one good hit or two good hits on the broadcast angle and everybody hypes it up, but then they don't, then they completely fail to recognize or, or, or uh, you know, discuss the other three tackles he missed that game. Like, the first, I think it was the first Bills game, like, yeah, he made a, ta- a hit or two, you know, forced Josh Allen to the fumble, but then he also missed two tackles. This, this Patriots game, some of his technique is just brutal. Like, like I said, like, there's times where he's in his back pedal reading the quarterback where he should be reading the, 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 the receiver, and then when he's supposed to be reading the, 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 the quarterback, he's looking at the receiver, like, completely off, like, really basic te- technical things, like alignment, read steps, not knowing to do them, opening his hips up, literally allowing guys to attack his blind spot and him being happy with that. Um, cover three where you want to funnel things inside, and if you are going to shuffle technique like he does, you, you want to keep guys in your peripheral vision at, at the minimum, um, if not keep them in front of you. You know, again, in your vision, if you're, if you're opening up with your ass to the sideline, and he just allows guys to get behind him. Uh, bit on a pump fake versus the Bills. That ball was from behind him, again, uh, for a touchdown, legal formation. Uh, Gabriel Davis beat him for a touchdown. I think that game as well, he's beat for two touchdowns. Uh, the game against the Chiefs, he's beat for two touchdowns, uh, uh, both of them being against Tyree Kill where like little things like he, he's aligning way too far to the inside at times. Um, he's standing with, with bend in his, you know, from his upper body uh, or from his waist up to his upper body. But it's really about the bend in the knees um, that you, that you want. And he's playing with inside leverage and he's like standing straight up with his feet, almost, almost, you know, touching each other, which is like terrible. A lot like you want shoulder, you know, again, it was anything like the basics of like, okay, lifting, boxing, whatever, like feet shoulder width apart. That's where you want your balance. Like, like you know, that's what you want. And he's standing like basically straight up before he has to, you know, uh, play Tyree Kill. You, if anything, you want to be ready. You want to be low. You, you know, you want to be prepared. And you're putting yourself in a, in a, in a situation where, regardless of what Tyree Kill does, you're going to have to hop backwards or jump split because you have to get to balance. So he's not even ready at the snap. Like it's it's a, it's little things. Like he is not playing well at all right now. Again, for the people who expected him to be a number one, number two because of a couple of good games against backup quarterbacks and, and, you know, call them what you want, you know, good games. I don't think they were, I, I think again, 
he was the, the, the lesser of, of two or three evils at the cornerback position, and you're playing backup quarterback. Um, so he's been a dis- massive disappointment for the people who thought he'd be a starter. Um, at this point, you know, I, I think he's a backup. Is, is he the number four? Maybe. Like, again, I, I think he is a guy who plays physically. I, I like the physicality he plays with. I like his size and stuff like that. But um, on a good on a good corner group, is he even on a team? Like, let's be honest. I don't, I don't know. So he has a lot to prove to me. Um, he's been terrible. Absolutely dreadful, in my opinion. Uh, Poole has had a, a decent season. Again, another guy, I think secondary players tend to be overrated because, you know, you don't really see a lot of them on broadcast. Uh, Poole has been beat a couple times, but not been targeted because other guys are open again. And, you know, to go back to the analogy with the bear, you have to be, you don't have to be the fastest guy. You just, gotta, you just can't be the slowest. Um, and he's not the slowest. I'm not saying he's bad, but I, again, top slot corner in the NFL, these numbers and stuff. No, I, I think he's a good physical guy who's pretty versatile. Um, maybe a little bit above average, but that's about it for me. Again, to be fair, there, there'll be guys I, I'll hype up a little bit, Greg Van Road, Fant, whatever, but I do try to be fair. Um, and uh, Poole is, is decent, but uh, I don't think too much more than that, which, again, watching his film from the, the Falcons, he was super inconsistent. So if you sign him and you have a decent slot corner, that's better than a lot of what the Jets have had in the last couple of years. Like a decent slot corner is a valuable piece. I'm not saying he's, he's trash and to cut him, but again, not top, the top slot, uh, slot corner in the NFL, but at the same time, no, he's not Buster Screen. Like, you know, somewhere in the middle, which is fine. Um, other than that, from the corners, like Mollette has played a little bit when he comes in. He looks okay. Uh, Bryce Hall, you know, came in last week. Um, and, and obviously with this year being cut and now pool going to IR, um, he's going to see a plenty of run, which I think this is the guy, I said this on Twitter, who watching his film, I feel like he could be a long-term starter as a, as a number number one, number two, you know, whatever it may be. Maybe he's a number two. I don't know if he necessarily has the physicality and like that freakiness I talked about um, to be that legit number one guy. But again, if he could be a really good number two, like that's awesome. I, I think he has the capability of being that uh, last game. You know, got a holding penalty. Um, I think maybe another penalty, but overall, first game in over a year, no training camp, no preseason, no games, no practices because he, you know, effed up his leg so bad. I, I you know, he didn't stand out as a, bad, as, as a terrible player, which is a good thing. And listen, if he is starting this year, he will get picked on at times. Like, so a rookie corner is, is the corner is probably like a minus quarterback, corner offensive line, like even defensive line. Like, those are some of the hardest positions to play in the NFL. So, a rookie corner going against some of the guys you have to go to go, go against the next seven weeks, he's going to struggle a little bit. But again, it's it, it's relative. You have you have you hope you see, you see strides. He's not getting roasted. Maybe instead of getting beat by five yards, he's getting beat by one yard. To be really simplistic, like there's things I'm looking for in, in that. But I think he could be a long-term starter. Really excited to see him. Didn't uh, didn't stand out in a bad way in his first game, which again is, is, a, is a positive. Uh, other than that, from the corner position, there's really not much I can think of. Quincy Wilson was cut, uh, but moving on. Uh, middle linebackers, I guess we can go to, obviously. Um, Mosley saw what was going on this year and said, screw it, I'm sitting out for COVID. Like, I legitimately think that's what's happened. Maybe I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure that's what happened. Uh, he didn't want to play. And, and again, you know, now he's not going to play for two years. Hopefully he gets completely healed up. Um, his game was never the physicality. Like, he is a good player in terms of his physicality. And, and uh, plus physical, like, uh, like, in terms of, like, his, uh, you know, strength and sideline to sideline and speed. Like, I think he's he's all plus in those areas. But, um, his game comes from the mental, like that's why he was paid because he's a really smart dude. So hopefully he comes back and plays pretty well for the Jets, you know, when they're taking strides next year, which I do think they'll be a much better team next year. Uh, Avery Williamson was okay, but disappointing. He obviously is traded to the Steelers, so he doesn't matter anymore. Hewitt is a guy who is a decent box player. Uh, physical, I love the physical nature of Hewitt, but is a backup, like he shouldn't be starting. Uh, Cashman, um, has interesting athletic traits, but a guy coming from college being injured has been injured in the NFL and has missed a ton of time. So I feel like his career is kind of over before it ever started, which is disappointing because, again, best ability is availability, and he has shown that he has not been available both at college and in the NFL, so can you really, uh, really rely on him? I don't, I don't think so. So we'll see what happens with him. Uh, other than that, from the inside linebackers, oh, yeah, uh, Lange. Depth piece, sure. Um, love the physical nature of him. Again, we talked about the play last week of him, you know, almost getting the sack, getting cup block, getting back up, running down Cam Newton, goes a little bit too high. Newton breaks the sack. Uh, he runs after Newton again. Newton dumps the ball. Then he runs 10 yards on the field, makes a tackle like he 
guy like that, I want on my team. And I, and I think he earned himself a spot. And he has, you know, seven more weeks to prove that he could be a backup, you know, key backup special teams type player the next couple of weeks. Because, again, like, one good game doesn't mean he's going to be the long-term inside linebacker for the Jets. Like, let's, let's be honest. Like, there's a reason he's going to back up. Um, he's, he's pretty uh, – you don't want him in coverage and things like that on a, on a consistent basis. But playing as a – you know, backups on a good team are important. So, can he prove to be that the next couple of weeks? It'll be interesting to see. But uh, those two guys at Hewitt and Lange play with their, you know, balls to the wall, their hair on fire. So, I love those guys in terms of backup key pieces for the Jets. Um, Lange's a super physical dude as well taking on blockers, head on, things like that are, are really fun to watch him do, even though he's not necessarily the biggest guy. Um, outside linebackers, Jordan Jenkins has been a massive disappointment, um, not offering much in the run game, not offering much as a pass rusher. Uh, his awareness on sweeps and things like that, where the NFL is going, uh, jet sweeps, fake corporate motions, whatever, he's, he's lacking in that area. He just kind of gets distracted by contact, so he's going to be gone next year, um, most likely. Um... Other than that, from outside linebackers, Basham has been a positive. Like, again, another rotational guy, uh, straight line athlete. I want to see more of him. Zuniga hasn't really played a lot. And when he is in the game, uh, I think against the Patriots, I think he's got a couple of reps. He looked pretty lost. But, again, guy who didn't really have a lot of camps, so we'll see what happens with him. I don't think he'll ever amount to being a good pass rusher. But he might be like a rotational guy. Um, we'll, we'll see what happens with him. Other than that, outside linebackers, you know, uh, if I fail to mention anybody, tell me after, Scott. Uh, defensive line. Bob Acosti, a little bit quiet at the start of the season, but has really showed up the last couple of weeks. I think he's a really good uh, run-stuffing nose tackle, uh, physically dominant player, plays a good leverage, plays a good uh, you know, tight elbows. Uh, he, he dominated the game in a couple of aspects the last couple of weeks. Quinton Williams, you know, one of the higher guys in terms of like run-stuff rate and, um, and pass rush win percentage and, and all of these um, – you know things, which is which is great because people love to love the stats, but also on the on the film he's been positive in in ways that don't necessarily you know uh, show up on the stat sheet. Again, Josh Allen played, you know, gets pressure. I forget if it's a bull bull rush rip, whatever it was, but he gets pressure in Josh Allen's face. Josh Allen can't step into his throw, can't throw the post throw. Uh, doesn't go on the, the sheet as a you know hurry or a pressure or anything like that. But he well maybe he does as a pressure. But again, people look at the pressure. Oh, who cares about a pressure? But uh, it forced you know Josh Allen to not throw a touchdown pass. So it's a positive. He has shown up in the stat sheet again. Could have another stack or two, but he's got some really soft penalties called against him. Uh, showed Marcus some of those as well, and he and he thinks it's amusing uh, how soft the NFL is. You know the Josh Allen play. Like, there's one Josh Allen play where he is literally um, on. He's a little bit in the middle of his last step. Like his feet are in the air, and he's in the middle of his last step, and he pops Josh Allen as he gets rid of the ball, like a quarter of a second after it and then immediately raises his hand and tries to get no more contact on Josh Allen. But he's literally in the middle of a step. Like, you cannot slow down in the middle of a step. It's impossible. It's physically impossible. Um, even if you have one step left, it's almost physically impossible to stop. Um, and, and it's a penalty. You know, he had two penalties versus the, the Broncos. One was a BS light hitter, and the other one was a face mask. We're listen, face mask, if it, it depends on the intention of it. If a guy's running by you, you grab him by the face mask. It's the last thing. You rip him down on the ground. Okay, it's a dirty play. But in, in – Quinn Williams, you know, an example of Quinn Williams, I think it was Rippon who, who tries to spin out of a sack and he ducks his head and Quinn Williams is going around the chest area and because he ducks, he grabs the face mask. Like, there's, there's different levels of bad penalties and it wasn't a bad penalty, just is what it is. Um, but he's been a very big positive. Uh, we mentioned, you know, Bryce Huff, a little bit more quiet last couple of weeks, got targeted on his own read, uh, got beat up a little bit last game, not a positive game, but overall, again, for an undrafted guy, been getting some pressures, has been winning, so he's overall been a positive for sure. Maybe rotational rusher type deal, which again for undrafted guys a huge, uh, huge plus. John Franklin Myers, uh, again watching the, the I think I, I'm pretty sure we had a show about him, or maybe we did. Maybe he was met, just just mentioned on you know in a two minute segment, but I remember being impressed with the film that he showed of the Rams. But the Rams have a ton of guys, Brockers, you know, Sue at that point. Um, you know, uh, obviously you have uh, Aaron Donald, that goes without mentioning, but, you know, they had to cut him because they have a ton of guys. Just signed him, he was injured, um, but the film looked pretty good and, and, you know, really good straight line athlete, plays, you know, balls to the wall physical as well, um, super good bull rush, you know, pretty good lateral athlete. Like he, you know, he has a lot of physical ability and you can see with like some of the, the, the jump chops and jump clubs into riffs and things that he does that he learned from guys in uh, with the Rams. So, uh, some of his technique is pretty damn good, which is impressive. And I think the Jets have a 
like a, a good piece in our defensive line, like moving forward with a guy uh, as starters with, with Q, Fado Kasi, and Franklin Myers, who is more of like, you know, he plays on the edge. Like I think he could set the edge well as a five tech. And uh, when he is, when it is a passing down, rushing him as a three tech four eye, uh, loose three against guards, I think is where he, he plays best. So the Jets have some pieces on the defensive line, defensive front that are exciting moving forward. And that's about it on the defense. Joe, just so you know, by the way, when you see me tag you on Twitter about film reviews, it's not because I'm trying to make your life difficult. I'm trying to promote your film reviews. So I tag you so that somebody will click on your Twitter handle, go to your Twitter and find that film review. Of course, most people would rather continue to be wrong and not educate themselves rather than actually go and take a look at film reviews. But we both know that it's unfortunate. That's how Twitter works. But hopefully more people will check out your Twitter film reviews and your reviews over at JetsXFactor.com where you are doing Blewett's Blitz. Make sure that you are following Joe at JoeRB31 on Twitter. If you haven't given us a five-star review on iTunes yet, if you could go ahead and do that for us, really appreciate it. Easy way to help out the show if you like what we're doing. Doesn't take you much time, doesn't cost you any money, but it goes a long way to help us out. So if you could go ahead and do that for us, we'd be quite grateful. And for the latest and greatest in New York Jets podcasts, you know where to go. That's Turn on the Jets Digital and turn on the jets.com. Thank you.